Hey y'all, DJ Louie here dropping a preview of our latest Pop Pantheon All Access episode. This is what Russ has unceremoniously dubbed a Taylor touchdown. Obviously, per usual these days, Taylor Swift has so much going on right now, from the Eras tour to her new romance with Travis Kelsey to the release of 1989 Taylor's version and all the From the Vault tracks, plus the impending beginning of her Eras tour in Europe. So, Russ and I got together to first break down 1989 Taylor's version and the Vault tracks then to discuss our different experiences seeing the Eras Tour movie, I having seen the show before, Russ having not, I being more of a Swifty than Russ. And then we have a conclusionary conversation about if there can ever be too much Taylor. Is there a tipping point where the saturation, the monocultural dominance will start to grate on the broader populace, or if Taylor doesn't care about that, or it doesn't matter, or what. It was a really interesting conversation, so if you enjoy this snippet and you want to hear the rest of the episode, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash poppantheon, or click the link in the show notes of this episode. I want you to go all the way off on the concert film, though. Like, we, like I promised the <laughs> Discord members that, like, this was the era of Rush Unleashed on Patreon following our very successful Troy Sivan episode. And, like, I need to know, like, okay, I saw the concert. I talked, I saw it in person. We talked about that here. I also saw the film. And I have thoughts. But I first need to hear, like, what you thought about watching the Eros tour was. Like, I want to hear about your experience in the theater. I want to hear what you thought about it as a piece of film. I want to hear what you thought about it as a concert. All right. So... We both went to see the Eras Tour concert film. This is a project that is another smash commercial success. Taylor bypassed the studio system and struck direct deals with theaters. That ruffled a whole lot of feathers in the studio system. It is already the highest grossing music concert film of all time. It is the first ever to lead the box office two weeks in a row. It's about to pass $200 million at the box office. And it is one of the 20 highest grossing films of any type this year. Mm. Whew, what a big success uh, <laughs> for, for Taylor. You, I want you to be free here, Russ. I don't want to hear any <laughs> nice guy shit. I want to hear the real fucking tea. We're waiting. Okay. The kettle is boiling. Is... I can hear it in the other room. <laughs> I am not a Swifty. No. That's where we should start this. I respect her a lot as a songwriter. And I am occasionally quite interested in some of her work. This film is certainly long. It, it, it's many, many hours. <laughs> I had a meal during this and I fit an entire dinner date into the middle of it. Wow, is it long? It's really, really, really long. The number one way that I would describe this experience was that I found it to be long. Okay. Can you talk about what you liked, what you didn't like, like in the film, in the concert, in the experience of watching a concert in a movie theater? Like, can you talk to me about that? I walked away knowing that this is not for me. Yes. <laughs> I think we kind of knew that already. <laughs> I, I was hoping to go in and get swept up. Yes. by the experience, get swept up by this moment, to get swept up by the culture of it all. And when I saw how much other people in the theater were enjoying this, I understood I will never enjoy Taylor Swift the way <laughs> that Taylor Swift is intended to be enjoyed. That was made crystal clear for me. I don't respond to the aesthetics that she is drawing from. No. I don't find her to be gaggy. I don't find her to... She's not mother is what you're saying. 
she's not mother. What I am looking for in a pop star is not what she is delivering. I turned to my boyfriend partway through and said the best example that I have ever seen that Taylor might be a gay woman is that chunky heel that she is wearing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the costumes are like one worse than the next. It's unbelievable. And I really, costumes are incredibly important for me as a mode of visual storytelling. Fashion matters. And her aesthetic, if I could describe it, is musical theater. Yeah, it's very musical theater. And there's a lot of musical theater elements to the show. I mean, there was a lot of things that like you kind of miss in the live thing that like really stand out maybe for worse in many instances on screen. Like that incredibly strange sort of scene with the dinner table during one of the Evermore songs. I forget. I think it's Tolerate It. It's it, that where she's kind of like yeah, it's, doing... It's Marina music, like, Abramovich. The artist <laughs> is present, but make it musical theater. The, the taste, I'm not going to say the level of taste, but the style of taste, it is I not I think you can say the level that, of taste. I think you could say the level of taste. <laughs> Here's Taylor the thing. does not have good visual taste and aesthetic. She never has. She's literally never made like a good music video, never worn a good outfit. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like everyone has to be bad at something. And like, this is like what she's not good at. It's like Beyonce has acting. Millions of people Swift seem to enjoy it. It's like a lot of things with Taylor. Like you have to be willing to sort of buy into the cheese factor. You have to be willing to sort of yes. suspend your taste. Your taste. Like you have to, you have, I mean... I don't know if that's necessarily true in like the songs themselves always. I mean, I think sometimes that's true in the songs themselves, but like- I'm not necessarily talking about the songs. I'm talking about the staging. Yes, well, for Uh, sure. You have to be willing to sort of go into her sort of like musical theater, sparkly sparkle little girl kind of world there, I think. What was the portion? I I think it might've been Evermore, the portion where everyone puts on cloaks. I think it's folklore. Is it folklore? I think. Uh, Or I don't remember. Those two albums are the same thing to me. Yeah, there's a moment moment in which everyone puts on black cloaks and holds orange orbs that are glowing that I described as Disney on Ice presents Hocus Pocus. (laughs) There is a portion where people start riding bicycles around in neon lights that I described as Zoe de Chanel directs Tron. There's a tweeness to the aesthetic. Definitely, for sure. That I personally find off-putting. The literal log cabin with the mossy roof. I mean, it's like her- The log cabin with the mossy roof is my favorite part. She, But it, she's so literal, you know, like she has a real, yes. like, I'm going to sing the man and that means I'm going to put a blazer on and I'm going to like be in an office. Like, it's like, you know, she's just very literal with stuff like that. Yeah. I, so number one, I really- as a person who enjoys live performance, what I am looking for is aesthetic. I am looking for fashion. Those are not things that I felt that she nails in this. No, nor has she ever. Considering the conceit of the tour being eras, were there specific eras that worked better for you in this format? No. Uh... <laughs> The conceit of the tour itself is 
exactly the opposite of what I think I would have enjoyed. I think that there are many versions of a Taylor Swift concert that I would have enjoyed if she had sort of done like just the hits in rapid succession in a traditional mm-hmm. mode mm-hmm. of sort of like what Madonna's doing with the celebration tour. Right. I think I probably could have got into that. Right. And there are eras that I do like, but we spent so much time in places that frankly, I just had no emotional connection to yeah. whatsoever. Right. I had very little understanding of what the aesthetic or world was. I wasn't sure what I was to be looking for. And I walked away feeling like I had heard so many songs that I did not know. And I had not heard my favorite Taylor Swift songs. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all valid. I thought watching the movie, which I'm a little bit bummed I didn't go one of the first few nights and like actually have the sort of Swifty experience of seeing the movie. I saw the movie like in the middle of the afternoon in like a theater with three other people. But it was interesting watching it in that format. I do think a lot of the flaws of the tour are more apparent in this way of watching it as opposed to being there. Because I think in being there, I was so swept up in just the energy of the crowd, which I think was like so imperative to what that concert felt like to me. Like there was true like fever pitch excitement amongst all 80,000 people at MetLife Stadium when I saw it. So I think I rode that and like that sort of papered over for me some of the things that I I knew I was struggling with even at the tour, which are over-indexing on the later work. I don't think the era's conceit is successful as like a layout for the songs, I think, which is what you're getting at. That was just a preview. If you liked that and you want to hear the rest of this episode, plus receive at least three bonus episodes of the show per month, plus a ton of other perks, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash poppantheon or click the link in the show notes of this episode.